what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start up with some talking And some movie clips and popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundless exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching And some blind unboxings Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG With the other Jason. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason, recording again from the Nissan Studios on my way home from work. I want to report the sad news that Dennis Waterman has passed. Of course, I always knew Waterman as D.S. George Carter in the Sweeney and Terry McCain in Minder. In fact, if Reminder, Waterman sang the theme song, I Could Be So Good For You. Both wonderful, wonderful British shows. Really enjoyed those shows. I don't know a whole lot about Waterman's life. I know he had some alcohol problems and some marital issues here and there. But, you know, he's definitely an actor I enjoyed seeing. I own the Sweeney and Minder on, you know, DVD or Blu-ray or uh, DVD. I think of both. I'm I'm not sure if I have Blu-rays of them. I'd have to go back in my collection and look. But both are really good shows. Highly recommended. The Sweeney is a a hard hard bitten cop show, and Minder is a more lighthearted show. It's just well worth your time. And, and both shows are great if you love the the slang, like the British slang. Because they're peppered with it. Um, but yeah, Dennis Waterman, born 24 February 1948 and died 8 May 2022. So I just wanted to say goodbye, Mr. Waterman. You will be missed. I don't want to belabor the point with all the rules every episode, but the 25th of May is the cutoff for my May contest. All you have to do is reach out to me, let me know which Nicolas Cage movie you think should be made into an RPG module and why, and you'll be entered to win. So get those entries in. Now we're going to finish out the episode with some phone calls. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke put by your spouse, but the operator scream is coming from inside the house. First set of calls are from James, a subclass act. Pretty much all these calls are referenced my episode 345, where I had a number of callers that called in about usage dice and initiative and other combat things. And he's answering calls from a caller called John Lennon. So let's hear what James has to say. Hey Jason, it's James from Subclass Act. I'm listening to your uh, call-in episode and, and hearing the call-in, uh, the call-ins um, from John on initiative make me think when you said uh, maybe playing uh, a, you know, a different game. And I think the descriptions sound exactly like Dungeon World to me. 
Uh, Dungeon World is exactly that. It's, it is part of the apocalypse. There's no initiative. It's just whatever the narrative that's going that makes sense. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's heroic. Um, it, it doesn't track uh, necessarily minutia of resources. Um, it's not usage dice, but like, you know, the, there's sort of a supply track sort of for, for arrows, for archers. It sounds like Dungeon World actually would be a great fit. I, I for one have, you know, love Dungeon World. I've run a decent amount of Dungeon World. Um, and especially with the, uh, you know, you can add the Perilous Wilds and stuff to add some, some more stuff to it. But yeah, D- Dungeon World sounds like it's exactly, um, a fit. I couldn't agree more. I think Power by the Apocalypse is exactly what John was describing in his calls. So I hope he checks that out. That'll give him that cinematic, heroic approach that's guided by the narrative that um, he's looking for. And it it turns the GM into a lot more than just an arbiter of, of cold rules in the book. Now, James has a little bit more to say. Um, and I, I also wanted to clarify on the sort of the simulationist versus genres, uh, genre emulation. Yeah, I, I totally agree from, uh, I think from what is traditionally thought of as a, simula- a simulationist game, you know, FKR kind of stuff for, is, is not that. And I, I, I totally get that. Um, and I, you know, I, and I think, I, what, I guess what I mean to say is I think that you can do that with FKR. It's not traditionally a simulationist game, but if the world rule sets or that you're playing as is the real world, then, you know, real, you can kind of just, the quote-unquote genre you're emulating is just real life. So I, I guess what I mean to say is you could do that with the lighter rule sets. Um, you don't have to have a large simulationist rule set to achieve that. But I do agree with you. And And, you know, like for me, that's, those kind of simulationist games aren't my particular kind of fun, but you know, there are definitely people who, who enjoy that for sure. Hey James, I agree. I don't think there's a wrong way to game unless you're abusing other people or, you know, putting down other people at your table or you're teaching people bad things. You know, you're using the game to teach racism to your kids or something like that. Reinforcing bad beliefs, those kind of things. But Overall, whether you're playing a simulationist game or a narrative game or whatever, it doesn't matter. As long as you and your group having fun, you're doing it right. And and I've played you know the whole gambit and, and enjoy all the genres because I tend to be a social gamer. I just enjoy the interactions the other players. There are some mechanical things I like better than others, no question. But the big thing to me is the group interaction. I, I do also agree about the usage dice, specifically with ammo. I, I guess I was just trying to um, respond to, you know, I think there are valid criticisms for usage dice for ammunition, and I, I think you bring them up, but I, I think that those are totally valid. Um, I actually don't even know, like, so I, I do use usage dice in my game, uh, but I, yeah, I don't I don't typically do for ammo anyways. Uh, to be honest, with the games that I've run, we, they've been kind of one-shots for, like, Nova's Nebulae and stuff like that, and so we don't typically... I, I don't have them really typically track the ammunition anyway. Um, but for a longer running game, yeah, you won't run, you won't necessarily run out during, um, of ammo during combat with uses dice. And it's, it's more or less, I think for the longer term. Uh, and so, so that's why it's not for everybody, but it's kind of like, Oh, we, you know, we ran out of ammo in this battle. What on earth are we going to do next? Um, it's more like, I think it's more or less trying to emulate that, but I, I haven't really used usage dice for ammo if I'm being perfectly honest. It is interesting, though. I, I didn't know that it, uh, early D&D 
you know, specifically said about that. I, I just got, for example, the uh, PDFs of OD&D uh, and Chainmail. Because um, I've been meaning, Daniel's been talking uh, so much about it and hyping it up so much that I, I've got to know kind of kind of what that's about. I find that, find that interesting. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I, I do, th- I do agree that uses dice can be really clunky for ammo. Um, if you want to be able to run out during combat, I know that like my group particularly probably would not find it fun if they ran out of ammo during combat. Um, I might, like, I might think that's kind of interesting, like, uh, you know, but we kind of come, my group mainly, we're all new to the hobby, and we've kind of come from board games and, and things like that. So for for us, like having having sort of the heroic story is important, but also having the uh, like the resource tracking isn't as isn't as interesting to them. But in, you know, in, in another circumstance, it could be really fun. Like I've never really gotten to play war games, but if we had come from a more of a war gaming perspective, I think then they would probably be more into that. Um, I'm trying to add more resource tracking as we go, but yeah, it's, it's typically like during a battle or something like that, if they ran out of stuff, they probably wouldn't, um, like that as much spells are, you know, spells are, are, and then that are sort of different, um, for them, I think. So we haven't been super rigid about tracking, um, ammunition, but the other, yeah, the other, um, the reason why the usage dice for me are cool for other stuff is then they kind of become, you know, they are unpredictable, but they also end up becoming adventure hooks. Like, oh, oh no, we've we've just realized we're out of this. How are we going to deal, you know, deal with that? And so I think you bring up a good example. It's like everything from like a torch, the uncertainty of a torch or spell length. That's a cool one. I hadn't thought of that um, for uh, for Yusha's dice. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think that they're necessarily a good match for ammo. It's just not typically where... Um... Sorry, I'd gotten cut off. Um, it's, it's not typically where... Uh, a lot of the complaints against Yushi's dice, I think, are are are, are kind of talking past sort of the thing about um, about them. But yeah, I don't think that they're for everybody. I, I don't think um, they match every game. I just think it's I just think it's interesting. Um, kind of, it's always a kind of a funny debate uh, debate for me. So yeah, it's just um, it's yeah, it's one of those things that maybe people get too hung up on. But I just wanted to just wanted to clarify that a little bit. But yeah, for me personally, um, I'll use them in some games where. Like like my own, where it's it's very cinematic, but we want that unpredictability. Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't use it for ammo. I just, I, I agree with what you're saying. It just it, it's kind of awkward if you were to roll for it every time. Um, so I haven't typically haven't typically tracked it that way. But you know, I've done it the dungeon world way, where like you know, there's a in, in that game where you know something bad happens. Well, now you might run out of stuff. Anyway, thanks, Jason. Thanks for those thoughts, James. And again, go back to episode 345 if you want to hear all the specifics of what he's talking about. The thing about D&D, he said that he didn't realize that's what they did. We were talking about how in the older editions of Dungeons & Dragons, melee combat is a flurry of blows. So even though you roll one attack, that doesn't mean your character swung once. It's just there's one telling blow out of the back and forth between your character and their opponent. And then the things about the usage dice... I like to use them for spell lengths, just variable effects, how long a torch takes to, you know, burn down, how long maybe a storm is going to last, how long a poison is going to take to get out of your system, stuff like that is where I think usage dice really shine. But somebody else called talking about tracking resources in their games, and that someone is Carl Rodriguez of the Geomologist Presents podcast. And... 
actually, I shouldn't say that's someone's Carl, because the true star of the Geomologist Presents podcast, his wife Amy, is also on the call. So let's go to that. Hey, Jason. Carl and Amy here, and talking about usage dice. Uh, we're driving up to Chupacabracan. That's maybe why there's car noise in the background. But like in Twilight 2000, I've done a hybrid and you know, what you said about bullets just a second ago or arrows kind of reminded me of it. So we definitely keep track of arrows and um, what's the other thing we keep track of, Amy? Bullets. Bullets, fuel. Food right. So, water. But food and water, like Amy said, um, I just use usage dice because I don't, you know, it's easy to keep track of fuel. There's, you know, and bullets because they're used, right? And um, and the players, it's important to the players to keep track of that kind of stuff, and it's accountable. But like food is just so weird, especially with the big group that they have. So I've decided to use usage dice. Um, and uh, all right, let me give you another message. All right, so my second message. So like I said, we use usage dice for food and water, and like when. A new group of a batch of food is added. We'll just add the usage dice. And I guess I was also reminded I need to have the group roll these usage dice uh, here for a couple days because we've been you know, chugging along, doing various things. So, um, so I think it works. We also use usage dice for the medical supplies. Right. So we also because they're not really quantifiable. It, it just says you find a cache of medical supplies, and maybe that's it. It's like. When it says you find X when it doesn't give you numbers, then it's probably better to use a usage dice and set a value for what you find based on volume, maybe. And then, you know, so you don't have to keep track of every single single bit of penicillin or, you know, bags of blood or saline uh, that you have. Hey, Amy and Carl, great comments there. I think those are all really sensible uses for the usage dice and ways to track resources. The the idea of food and water, yeah, I, I really like it for that as well. But they have some more to say, specifically about initiative. Hey Jason, Carl and Amy here. I'm still driving up to Chupacabracan, but a couple things uh, about the initiative. I like that idea of, I mean, I, I have not read thoroughly uh, Shadows of the Demon Lord, but I feel like there are you know, fast, slow, very fast type actions. And I, I guess it goes in that order. So you declare what you want to do and then the gym kind of strings that together. But I don't know if there's like, well, which side goes first if they both have fast actions. Um, that's, I think, something to look at or whether it's simultaneous, which would be very interesting. Like, it doesn't matter who rolls first, but the outcome occurs simultaneously. The other thing, you know, since I have the series Why You Should Play... Um, maybe there is. we should take games in our catalog that we both have, read them, because we haven't had time, and then talk about why you should play, even though we haven't played. <laughs> that might be kind of fun to do as a series, mini-series, somewhere along. So I haven't played or run Shadow of the Demon Lord. I know Arlen Walker has. I believe Eric Salzweedle might have. So maybe somebody that has actual experience with Shadow of the Demon Lord can call in and explain the turn track, you know, how the initiative works and how you resolve all that. That'd be kind of interesting. If I remember right from when I read it, I think it's pretty simple and pretty easy and straightforward how it falls out, but 
obviously I'm driving the car and, and I don't know off the top of my head. So somebody call in and help us out here. As far as doing a series on games that re, that are look really neat that we've read that we'd love to play, I'm down for that. Um, so look me up and we'll add it to the schedule. The last call we have is from Taylor, Cleric Swear Ringmail. And I think maybe he got a little bit of a bee in his bonnet. Let's turn it over to him. Hey Jason, this is Taylor of Cleric Swear Ringmail. I wasn't there at the beginning. I'm not old enough, but I did learn from people who were there at the beginning and they brought some of those old habits with them into the game they played with me. And I remember drawing the maps. <laughs> we didn't have graph paper. I remember having to make do freehand on loose leaf, but uh, I remember counting torches and turns. And But these days, what I like to do is whip out that graph paper and map out those maps and count me some torches because it brings on the challenge and it keeps the game a-moving. Woohoo! Fuck yeah! Torches! That was Taylor fired up about counting torches, which is very nice. That was no doubt in answer to John Lennon's call. Um, yeah, I... As I mentioned on the show, different groups are going to enjoy different things. So I don't think because your group enjoys tracking resources or enjoys making maps or enjoys, say, a detailed initiative system that you're playing wrong. I think there's plenty of room in the world for all kinds of play. So I just want to put that out there. Now, I don't want to belabor this episode, and I just pulled in my driveway, so I'm actually going to bid you guys adieu. I want to thank all my callers. I want to thank Ray Otis for the coffee cup clip art, even though today we're using a snapshot of Mr. Waterman. As I mentioned, Dennis Waterman passed, and you know he's an actor I really enjoyed, so I want, want to tribute the show to him. The music, as always, is by T.J. Drennan. I want to thank all you listeners for taking time out and um, joining me for my show. I really appreciate that. I know your time is valuable. If you want to enter the contest or you want to comment on anything you heard today, you can leave a message on Anchor. You can go to the Anchor website and leave a message there. You, when I say leave a message on Anchor initially on the app on your phone. You could also send an email to nerdsrpgvarietycast at gmail.com. If you attach an audio file, I'll play it on there and make you famous. Or you can reach out to me on a variety of different discords. So, as you can tell, any message you send, for the most part, I'll play. So I hope everybody's doing okay, and I will talk to you again in a couple of days. Take care, folks. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? your auntie or a joke about your spouse but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box well the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head and the only question left is if I could shoot him dead bring on the gold bring on the gold I want some 
future is a dustbin and your moils by a tipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the woods Chipper Don't look away Zombies are rising and the world is gone to hell. We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck.